The Pete Carroll Show. The first word from the Seahawks head coach every Monday at 9.30 with Mike Salk. Brought to you by Pizza Hut on 710 ESPN Seattle. Waiting on Pete Carroll. Should be just a moment or two. It is also the Mike Salk Show here on 710 ESPN Seattle. New show starting at 6 o'clock now. So if you're accustomed to joining our station at 7 a.m., you can come an hour earlier. We're starting at 6, so uh, please come join me. Uh, let's see, you can also find it at 710sports.com if you like to stream it online or uh, if you prefer the podcasting, you can do it wherever you get your podcast. Now on Apple Podcasts, finally, we fought the good fight. We battled against Apple and uh, Google and we are up everywhere. So subscribe, please. Go, uh, what, are, what are you supposed to, what do the YouTube kids say? Smash the subscribe Smash button. Smash and like the subscribe there button, bros. Yeah, my kids watch a ton of that stuff. So yeah, <laughs> you can do that. Subscribe uh, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, some text messages here while we're waiting for Pete. And I've seen this one a few times or something like it today. Uh, 710, 710, powered by Mac and Jacks. Are we going to address the missed extra point? No, we're not. Here's why. A, he's been really good as a kicker, and I'm not going to crush the guy for missing one extra point. B, I don't think it really factored into the game. I mean, like, if, if, if they had, okay, he missed it. If he had hit it, then Tennessee goes for two at the end of the game. I don't think they get Probably it. Probably get it. Quite frankly, I'm surprised they didn't go for two, weren't you? Yes. Did, didn't you think that Vrabel was going to go for two and just end the game? And if we're going to address the missed extra point, there was also a missed field goal that would have made that. Well, that was going to be C. I didn't yeah. get to C, but Sorry. yes, that's what it was going to be. Yes, those three things. So, no, I did it factor into the game? Sure. But was it even close to as big a deal as some of the other issues? Look, Russell Wilson is supposed to be able to overcome one extra point missed in the in the fourth quarter, third quarter, right? Third quarter, right? missed extra point. You had plenty of time to make up for that. And yes, you were gifted the uh, gifted the missed field goal, and it was a really close play. But it sh- probably should have been a touchdown the other end, where Julio Jones. I-, I thought his heel was out of bounds, according to every angle we saw on the broadcast. So I felt like they got it right. Mora was showing me what Mike Lefko's tweet today with a picture, a still photo. I don't trust the still photos as much as the picture that I saw on, <laughs> on the video because it was from Tennessee website. I just felt like everything I've ever been taught is it has to be indisputable to overturn what was called on the field. I, thought it I didn't it. think it was indisputable. Really? I, did, yeah, I, I thought what called. I saw on the film on, on CBS was was indisputable. You know, but again, I don't know what they're going to say on like, you know. Tennessee, uh, uh, like Tennessee Wire or something. What was it from? I don't know what it was. It was something like that. Well, Left goes a closet Titans fan. Is that true? Yeah. I should have known that. Of course he does. <laughs> well, no, he found. I don't know if some... it's closet, but he, yeah, he, yeah, he roots for the Titans. All right. Well, it was like Tennessee alter the alter the picture dot com. I think it was. Called. Yeah, that's what it was. I was I was in line Photo, trying Tennessee to Photoshop dot com. Okay. I was trying. You know, I was just watching, like trying to see one of the TVs because the lines have not changed. I forgot all about that from having fans mm. back. There's those are still very long, and uh, I got to celebrate with multiple fans around me who were all all just like, I don't think that was. I think that was a touchdown. Like everybody agreed. Yeah, I mean, certainly in fast motion, it definitely looked like it. And he did get the toe in. I just like, I don't know if you you didn't get to listen to James Lofton, but, you know, ex-wide receiver. He certainly wanted it to be a TD and was really pushing it that way. I, I don't know that the fact that as a former receiver, he wanted it meant that that was the way it is. In any event, let's uh, welcome in the coach, Coach Carroll, uh, sitting down with us for today's version of the Pete Carroll Show. Good morning, Coach. How are you? What's up, Mike? Bad day, man. I know. I'm sorry yeah, about that. We, yeah, we screwed that up. It was too bad. It was well, a- Really good opportunity to get a great win at home and all that, and, and uh, we we didn't finish it right, and, and you know they get away with it. 
Well, let's get into that in a moment. I, I, can we start with something mildly positive before we kind of sure. get into it? Because it was cool having the crowd back and seeing you at the end of the half and your excitement level. What was it like being back in front of this crowd for the first time in a couple of years? Yeah, it was. It was you know kind of reminiscent of of times past. You know, and it felt it felt so connected, and, and I was so fired up that everybody was there. You know, and everybody made it, and they made you know the the protocols to get in, and it all got done, and the fans did what they needed to do, you know, and take care of business outside the stadium. And we just, we were rocking from word go, Doug Baldwin, you know, doing the flag and, and, and everything was, uh, it was, it was kind of back, you know, back when, back in time almost is kind of what it felt like. Do you get to see the flag raiser? Did you get a chance to catch up with Doug at all yesterday? No, I just sent him a note last night, you know, afterward I, um, Glennon said that he had a real good interview with, uh, with Mike Bumpus, I guess, you know, and, and, um, they, they put together a nice little presentation and all that. But, um, it was a great moment, I know. All right. Well, we'll dispense with what happened before the game. We'll get into what actually happened in the game. Go. What was the turning point in this? Um, I I think the big run probably was was there the the big boost that they got. You know, when when they break the run out and and we just don't play the play well enough and we we slugged it out so many snaps with with them and in that and. And Derrick Henry all night long to give him that one. He did what he, you see him do. Those are his highlights. He's got more long runs than anybody in the history of football, you know. And it's because he's he's an amazingly deceptive speed guy, and, and he he put it away. And so I thought that was the big play that really gave them hope that they could they could hang. We you know, up until then, um, you know, we we were we were staying out ahead of it, and then that I think them closing so quickly just gave them a chance. They just needed one more chance, and they they were able to get it. What is the key to stopping a guy like that? Oh man, yeah. You have to gang tackle him. You have to hit him before he gets going. You can see that when once he gets rolling, like even on the on the play that bounced all the way back, his other touchdown play. Once he got going, we couldn't close on him. You know, and he he's got unbelievably deceptive speed uh, for for such a big guy, and and uh, um, that's how he you know he makes his play. So you got to get him before he gets going, and we, which we hit him all night long. He had the ball forty something times in the game, you know, and. They really went to the horse, and, and man, he he was there for him. He had a great game. If that's the case, with a guy like him in particular, do you have to change some of your defensive style? Do you have to work on penetrating more than holding a gap? I mean, is it is it important to get deeper into the backfield against him? It, it is important to get penetration to keep him from getting rolling, yeah. And, and we played uh, tons of base defense and hit him a ton of times at the line of scrimmage or in the backfield, a bunch of plays that, that were really well played. And uh, um, it was really it was just that one. The the two big touchdown runs were both just uh, just got kind of out executed. We could have played them cleaner. There were breakdowns in the discipline of it. You know that we weren't quite fit just right, and he made something happen on them. But we had to play after play after play. We had to play well. It's more about playing right and being in the right spots so you're relative to one another in in, in the spacing that's necessary. I know you hate what he did yesterday, but it, he strikes me as a player that on another day you truly appreciate and and really enjoy what he does. Yeah, well, I had much respect to him really, and and he did it, and and we we knew what we we're up against. We prepared for him. Uh, we went after it. Uh, you know, we played it great for the half. We played it until he really broke his big run. Um, and he showed us a little something on the cut on the bounce back uh, touchdown. But um, we were playing him, and we were doing it. We were up for the task. And then it just was at the end, you know, he, he just he had more than we had. The rotation seemed a little bit different uh, this week from last week, a defensive end. And, and sort of looking, you mentioned playing a lot of base defense. But just looking through the snap counts today, 
I think a lot of folks struck by fewer snaps for Carlos Dunlap, fewer snaps for Daryl Taylor. What goes into some of those decisions? Well, those are the couple things, but um, you know, they're third down situations. You know, that's when those guys are really featured. You know, to, to come off the off the sidelines again if they're not in the rotation at the time. Um, you know, like in that last drive, I think they had one third down in that drive. You know, in, in their big drive, and that just happens some to us. But uh, they did some substituting that we wanted to slow down our substitutions. We were trying to match with them, and uh, they were doing a nice job of going quick. And so we we slowed down our subs. That was part of it. Um, and and then also, uh, you know, I, I I called on Daryl a couple times, and he was he didn't have the same kind of game he had the week before. You know, he he uh, you know he wasn't quite as active, and so we were just rolling guys to see if somebody was going to get hot on the pass rush. Bobby ends up with 20 tackles in the game, made a couple of big plays late. What did you make of his day? It was a spectacular day of playing playing ball. I mean, he was matching up with with Derrick Henry, you know, and and uh, you know he Bobby had Donald's what he total amount of play played every play, but uh, he was trying to match up with Henry and see if he could you know just keep him from getting out, which I thought he did a fantastic job. Too many checkdowns in, in late in the game, you know, that they kind of controlled the ball a little bit. We were trying to stay on their wide receivers, and the ball didn't go outside. It kept going inside and just to the dump-offs. Bobby got a bunch of tackles on those checkdowns. Did His sack that he had on the third down play, uh, third and goal, down near your, your goal line, is that a play, and this is one of these sort of help me understand the way football works, is that, a, is that something that is called or is that something he improvises at the line of scrimmage when he sees that it's open? No, that was a call. That was a design call. Yeah, and they executed it beautifully. It sure looked pretty good. And, and yeah, obviously awesome. Bobby's yeah, ability to do that has always been one of his yeah. strengths. His ability to close, you know, and just just render the quarterback just helpless, you know, couldn't do anything, couldn't get rid of the ball or anything. That was, that was, that was a beautiful play. I heard you talking about some of the penalties. Ten penalties for 100 yards is obviously too much, and a lot of them were after-play penalties or pre-play penalties. So, you know, you sort of have four or five of them that fall into that category. Did I see? Did Jordan Brooks actually sit for a series after his, his yeah, late hit? Yeah, he did. You know, the, uh, the, the really, it was, it was clearly stuff that we can fix. I mean, it's so obvious. We had so many penalties that were after the play was completed. And, and it was because guys were trying so hard to go make something happen and not making the clear decision to hold off when you have to, whether it's the, the hits, the two hits on the quarterback, both of those, you know, you got to get your hands up so you don't hit helmet to helmet. Um, both were excellent plays, but yet, you, you know, we know the rules, throwing a guy out of bounds, uh, um, uh, the the taunting penalty—that's the new rule. You know, we just saw it. it, was, it I'm, I'm afraid that we've opened up a can of worms. You know that that we don't like. And and uh, but by the definition of the the new rule, if you make actions towards an, an an opponent, then that could be referred to as taunting. Which it, that's how they saw it, and so they called it. Um, you know, those are all plays that totally could be avoided. You know, they didn't, none of those had to happen, and they were just we gave them. You know, 100 yards and penalties, you know, and so those are all really easy things to fix. But I also say this, Mike, that I, you know, we get so jazzed up and, and, and jacked in, in the second half to go finish this game off. You know, we have to control that and we have to make sure that the decision making is still in, in check and, and we don't give them things that they, you know, that otherwise they wouldn't even whatever so, get. You know? So how do you coach that? I mean, you know, it's not like when I was a kid and they'd just make us run laps every time we, we had a dumb penalty. I mean, what, what, is, what is in your bag of options to handle something well, the, like the, that the, the bench is a great ally, you know, for you, for the coach, you know, when, when you have to use it, you know, to make the point. And I, I thought that the one <clears throat> for, excuse me, for um, 
uh, for Jordan was was so clearly out of bounds, you know, that that was when I needed to just, you know, I needed to make sure that, you know, we're not going to go keep going. This needs to stop, you know, and so uh, we'd make a little statement. And he went back in and played good after that. But, um, you know, we just, it, it just kind of caught up and added up to us. And, and it's just something that, again, I go, I take responsibility for. I, I have to keep these guys with their heads on straight, you know. And so, uh, you know, we're playing the game within the guidelines. And uh, so many of those those situations were ones that we really could control. Well, a couple more things on the defense, and we'll switch over to the other side of the ball. Uh, a lot of conversation today about Sidney Jones we haven't really gotten a chance to see much of yet. Is that is he somebody that is working his way into this? Could we see more of him before too long? Yeah, he, he's he's battling, uh, as is Bless Austin. Those guys are battling in practice to try and show how they fit and where they fit. It's kind of hard to just break them in in the games, and uh, so they've got to earn it through the practice reps. It takes a little while to get that done. They don't get as many turns sometimes, and, and it's, you know, it's hard to evaluate ultimately on, on those. But, uh, you know, we're developing our depth and developing the competitiveness of the situation. And when the opportunity arises, he, he's ready to play now. He's been around long enough. He's ready to go and probably was ready a week ago, but still wanted to just make sure. So we'll see how it goes. But uh, I'm, I'm really pulling for those guys, both those guys, to, you know, to, to, to figure in. Trey Brown will come back in another week, too, to, uh, to get back in the competition of it, too, which will be good. So, you know, it leads to a kind of another question that you're hearing bouncing around, especially the NFC West. And I know the Niners have been asked about it quite a bit. And that is Richard Sherman's status. Are there any ongoing conversations with Sherman? Nothing right now. Uh, to the offensive side of the ball, we'll we'll move it along to there to to what happened there because it 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 did not seem in the second half to look like what we saw in the first week against Indianapolis. All the sort of creativity and the easy completions went away. What what happened with the offense in the second half? Yeah, with the the game in general, you know, Mike, the, we scored. Uh, you look back, you know, we scored on a huge play, sixty something. Then we scored from the five yard line. You know, so we didn't have the ball very long. Then we score again from sixty something, and uh, so we we never established our ability to drive the football in the game. You know, we it, it just was kind of unusual that we we were out ahead like that and had not really established a rhythm to the to the offense. And so in the in the second half, uh, you know, it, it we for one reason we had a couple penalties, we had a couple problems, we made a couple, we missed a couple uh, calls. And in, in that, we missed a couple of short yardage situations. And all of that added up to no rhythm through the, through the, uh, the, at the finish of the game when we needed it. We needed one more drive. We needed a drive to go finish the game. You know, the, again, I, let me go back. The, 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 the short drive, the two big plays, and then the, the, the gorgeous two-minute drive, you know, right at the end of the half, all of those were kind of situations by themselves that didn't contribute to having control of the line of scrimmage in the ball game like we would like. So is the line when you point to that when I hear you say that at the end is that the culprit the control of the line of scrimmage? Uh, yeah, it was in general. We didn't, you know, we weren't running. We hadn't run the ball a lot. We hadn't didn't need it to get the points on the board. So when we did need it to finish the game, you know, the defense got a stop in overtime. We needed to go just drive down and go, you know, make our make our win and bid or. In uh, with uh, five minutes left in the fourth quarter, you know we get the ball. Let's go in the game. I'm, I'm saying let's finish the game right here. You know the game's over, and we need to get a first down. We didn't get it. You know, and the ball goes back to them. Uh, you know, and you think about how the time w- w- runs down. A couple first downs in there. It's a it's a different finish. Yeah. And so uh, we had both sides of the ball had opportunities. And in this game, different than the first game, we didn't complement our play as well from one side to the other. So uh, it, it it hurt us at the end. Were you legitimately going for it on fourth and one there? Of course, Mike. Okay. Why would you ask it like that? Well, I wasn't sure whether that was a legitimately going forward or try to get him to jump off sides, et cetera, because we're seeing more of it in the NFL. We saw 
Uh, we saw John Harbaugh do it last night to ice the game, right? And that's a little bit different situation. If they get the fourth down, it's over, and they they win. It's a guarantee. But I don't know. I was it, it's it's a it's a break certainly to to trust your offense in that spot rather than to try to punt it deep. So I was curious if you were if you were going we, for it. There. We have both options. We have both options there, whether we're going for it and whether we're kicking it. But we, yeah, we, I, I like that situation because that first down right there, in essence, does the same thing. I think that finishes the game for us. That's that's why we, you know, we're, you know, those kinds of thoughts come to mind. How would you assess Russ yesterday? Um, I thought Russ took advantage of the game well until uh, we, you know, that last the last sequence. We just, you know, we had a play action pass, and I wish I wish we could, you know, control the ball and check the ball down there. Took a shot at, at Tyler. And then we went up to DK on the, on the, on second down, and then and then our opportunity you know escapes us right there, and they get the ball to inside the forty you know so we that, that that sequence was the one I wish Russ could have helped us there you know and and uh, this made completions for us we needed we needed to just move the ball there and change the field position at least uh, in overtime you know because you're playing field goal right there and so uh, um, unfortunately we didn't get it done. You know, it's easy for me to sit here in the media and just sort of talk about Russ's game, this, that, and the other. But it's remiss not to mention what I would have to imagine is his his mental and emotional state heading into that game with the passing of Trevor Moad this week or this past week. First of all, did you know Trevor as well? Because my condolences to you also. Did, yeah, I, I know. I knew him through Russ, you know, and, and uh, I'd known of him for all of the work he'd done. It was difficult on Russ. It's a, it's a, uh, uh, you know, a guy that's been extremely close to Russ in, in his most intimate, you know, priorities. You know, Trevor was part of it and, and helping him and, and mentoring him and all of that. Um, and he, 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 he did take it. It, noticeably, I thought you know he did everything he could to put it where it needed to go, and, and used all of the teachings that Trevor and he had you know had come to understand um, about uh, controlling the factors and the variables that, that can distract. and And I thought Russ did a fantastic job of getting that done. How much do you you know talk to Russ about that over the course of the week? Uh, we did. We did talk about it. You know, and and uh, um, you know tried to stay on point with it with you know helping him. In, in the areas of, you know, focus and, and, and staying, you know, finding time to, to spend on it when he had to and when he, when he could. And, uh, and then also, you know, separating so he could, you know, function like he wanted to. And then how about behind the scenes with Shane Waldron? We, I mean, after week one, I was joking that everyone was uh, creating a bust for his uh, Canton, pl- or his Canton uh, uh, bust, so to speak. But, but, you know, he gets to experience a little bit more of what the NFL is. The first time anybody's really had his offense to game plan against. There was something on film for Tennessee to look at. What What are the next steps for him as he continues what is really his rookie year as a play caller and coordinator? Yeah, just finding the consistency, you know, and, and, and uh, the rhythm. You know, the, the we, we were... We were a rhythm escaped us, you know, through the course of that game, and because we scored so 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 explosively, and after the turnover, you know, we never really found our way, and when we needed it, you know, so that's that's realizing how important it is to have that sense of, of the mix of the run in the past, so that we can get what we want done, and and uh, um, so that's you know he's he's going to keep learning. He's 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 the same guy he was week one. He's a fantastic football coach, and he's helping the heck out of us, and had us in great great position. We should, we need to win that football game. I don't know how many times it's happened. We we haven't lost very many games since we've been here when we're ahead like that, and and uh, so that's unfortunate. And that was a whole team's effort. We we all contributed to that. There's some conversation about adjustments, right? And that's one of the major things that certainly has been sort of batted around in the media and amongst fans from last year. Is one of the problems with the offense last year was an inability to adjust in game or over the whole second half of the season for what to what was being done against you. 
What did you make of his ability to adjust yesterday to what Tennessee was throwing at you? No, we were we were not we were not uh, uninformed of what was going on and what we were trying to do. We were we were tuned into what how they were doing it. We we were anticipating the calls and the coverage uh, concepts that they were using. Our guys were talking their way through it throughout the game. Um, that had nothing to do with it. How do you get your running game going? Just got to keep going. Got to keep doing it. You know, got to stick with it. And uh, um, we needed it in the fourth quarter. And and that's that's you know that's why you you, you work so hard and, and you pay the. Uh, you know, the, the credence to the, the value of the run game is so that when you need it, you got it. And, and we just didn't get to it. You know, we, we threw the ball quite a bit at the end of the game. And, and, uh, um, and, and really trying to stay on the attack and stay aggressive, um, we missed out our chance to run the football there where we could have run some clock and maybe control that game a little easier. How healthy was your offensive line? It seemed like you guys were battling some injuries there. Um, we made it through it. Um, you know, uh, Bichel, and he, he sprained his ankle. And we'll see how that responds. The the MRIs and stuff were pretty positive uh, for hopes that he'll be okay. But um, uh, we were all right. You know, they, they, that was not an area of, of, of issue. And then Damian Lewis, you know, he came he popped onto the injury report midway through the week. How did he come through it? He was fine. He was fine. Uh, anyone else we get back this week? Dwayne Eskridge? Do we get a chance to see Dwayne Eskridge? Uh, he, the reports are real good going into coming out of the weekend that he's, he feels back to normal. And so uh, – He'll be worked back in, and if he can, you know, maintain the the, the workload, then he'll be fine to go. Uh, has a real good chance to come back and play. Anybody else I'm missing? Brian Monet. Um, we'll have to wait and see on 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 Brian. Um, uh, it all depends on how he responds. He he had a pretty good injury to his tricep, and and so we just need to see how it comes back. You know how it responds to the the work and the pushing and, and all of the heavy duty stuff he has to do. He would have been a very valuable part of this game. We really missed him this week. Yeah, how did Kim Dichie do in his first action? He did okay. Played good, solid football. Played uh, close to thirty plays, I think, and and uh, had a pretty good you know had a pretty good go of it. Probably more plays than we wanted him to play in his first time out, but um, he 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 handled it okay. Well, you get two on the road now, a little two-game road trip, starting with Minnesota. Uh, I don't know if you got to see much of the highlights of that. Kyler Murray really did some spectacular things against that. I have not seen that, I've not seen that yet. 400 yards for Kyler Murray. I mean, he just he's like a water bug. Just, he seems so challenging to tackle. Yeah, he's, he's just getting better. You know, as he gets more comfortable with the game, his talent will sh- continue to show. He's He's been obviously a talented football player, but... He like you see in the first two weeks, he's really put up a bunch of numbers and all, and uh, he'll be difficult when the time comes. Well, coach, good stuff. Uh, thanks for coming in this morning. Uh, we'll go Got back it. and get him next week. All right, thanks, Mike. All see right, you. There you go. There's Coach Carroll. Joins me every day after the game, usually on Mondays here on 710 ESPN Seattle, right at 930.